In today's episode of Holistic Health Chats, I am chatting with Kath Backey, who is a proud mama of three and perinatal physiotherapist. Kath has over 16 years of professional experience in guiding mamas through their pregnancy fitness journeys and postnatal rehab, and she specializes in pelvic floor rehabilitation. In this conversation, Kath and I chat about physio and how it can help you with your pregnancy and postpartum journey. If you are a mum-to-be or a new mum, I would definitely recommend checking Kath out over on Instagram. She has some incredible resources that will definitely help you in your journey. Hi, Kath, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to connect again. So today we're talking all about uh, pregnancy, preparing for pregnancy and pelvic floor recovery, postpartum, all those things. So for anyone who doesn't know, Kath is a physio and she works specifically with mums in the preconception postpartum period. Uh, So before we get started, I'd love if you could just share a couple of facts about yourself that most people don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> I I saw just like half an hour ago this question. I thought, oh my gosh, what do I need? What should I say? Um, one thing that popped to mind was that I nearly didn't study physio. I was a bit of a muso at school, mm. and so I nearly studied music, which is totally different. And I'm so glad. Although I love music, I'm so glad it's not a profession. So yeah. that's one thing. <laughs> um, and then. The other thing is my husband, when I was having my second baby, things we were in hospital and things were progressing pretty slowly and um, he said, oh, I'm just going to go get a coffee. And I was like, yeah, good idea, you know, go get a coffee. So off he went to get his coffee and literally when he stepped out the door, it was suddenly time to push. Like I just went from zero to 100 and he came back. He nearly missed the birth of the baby. Oh so he came back with his two coffees in hand and he they quickly got cold and discarded. So he came and it was just all go to, you know, carts were being delivered into the room oh, and lucky he made pushing it back. had started. So he made it back. He was like, oh my God, when I left, like I think he got talking on a phone call. So like 15 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, it changed he, very quickly. That's all right. So that's two things. Yeah, I love that. Um, and can you explain a bit about what, I, didn't, I know I gave you a bit of an intro, but from your perspective, what you do in your day-to-day business and, you know, what your sort of offerings are online and all of that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. So I am a physiotherapist for women and I was see women clinically, <laughs> but I've also got an online program and that sort of developed because in the clinic, when I see women, it's often when they've got issues, so whether or not it's aches and pains or some of the pelvic floor physio, so incontinence, leaking, prolapse, and we know how common these things are as a result of pregnancy and childbirth. And I just, the number of times I would hear women say, I wish I'd known this sooner, mm. you know, when I was talking to them about pelvic floor or caring for their bodies. So I thought, I, I really want to get into this space of helping to empower women with more knowledge, more information before they develop symptoms to, you know, hopefully help prevent issues or if they do have any concerns to be able to nip them in the bud sooner rather than later. So that's how Fitness Mama developed. Um, 
And I guess it also developed as a result of my own experience with pregnancy and postpartum. I had pelvic girdle pain. I found it so hard to exercise, especially with a toddler on toe. I was pregnant. I wanted to exercise, but I was in discomfort. I found it hard to get out and about. I found it hard to go to even my clinic where I worked. You know, I had physio friends who would have happily treated me, but um, I just found it so challenging to get Mm. there, like physically. By the time I got there with my toddler, had my treatment session, got home again, I was exhausted. I was even more achy. (laughs) So um, that was a big driver um, behind developing pelvic girdle pain-friendly workouts. But also that postpartum recovery period, again, I was a bit surprised, I think, um, having kids myself, how, how many barriers there are for women to be able to exercise during pregnancy. And we know exercise at the best of times can be a bit, well, for some women, it can, you know, you need a bit of motivation to get Mm. out there and exercise. And then when you throw in sleep deprivation and a toddler, a newborn and breastfeeding and all the barriers that come with being a mum, then exercise and looking after your body can take an even bigger backseat. So I guess that was my other reason. And for developing fitness mama, it's just to make exercising from home easy, accessible, quality workouts to help you feel better and help you recover. Yeah. So there you go. That's in a that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I know I love it. And and you're still working with women in clinic as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do that one day a week. Yeah. Um, and I will hopefully always women face to face it's really lovely I, yeah. I always want to be able to do that yeah. yeah but having said that the online world it's so much more amazing than I ever thought it would be mm. like developing so many connections online with women of all from all parts of Australia around the world like it's it's pretty incredible women living rurally who have no access so yeah it's both have their special perks yeah yeah absolutely it's it's been a nice surprise about how an online community can actually be pretty amazing yeah definitely I've I've definitely found that as well I do one day a week in person but it is nice that geographically as well it allows you to you know have clients in Tasmania WA Canberra, um, lots of different places. So it is nice that you get to connect with all sorts of different people. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. And um, forgive my ignorance on this, but I've only ever seen a physio once actually because I tore my hamstring and I haven't seen a physio for anything else. So I'd love uh, for anyone that's like me and I guess hasn't been to see a physio for much else other than um, sports injuries before, like what sort of um, things are you working with your clients in uh, for pregnancy preparation and then also postpartum recovery? Yeah, good question because I do think the women's health physio side of things, it's quite a specialised mm. area. You certainly don't graduate from uni as a physio knowing how to do vaginal examinations for example so a pelvic floor physio is generally um, a physio who's gone on to do postgraduate training at Mm -hmm. uni and if you so a women's health physio 
could, if if they're trained in pelvic floor, they could help with issues of leaking, so incontinence. Mm -hmm. So if if you leak when you sneeze, cough, run, um, the urgency needing to rush to the toilet, that's where pelvic floor um, rehab can help. If you've got symptoms of prolapse, which we know up to one in two women can have as a result of um, pregnancy and childbirth, so that's the vaginal bulge, um, the lump you might a lump you might feel, or pelvic heaviness and dragging. Sometimes um, issues with constipation, sexual pain, maybe as a result of issues of pelvic floor overactivity, and that can often happen in women who haven't had babies as well. Um, and athletes as well and so yeah so there's that pelvic health side of thing and then there's also the aches and pains that might come with being pregnant Mm -hmm. and having a baby so the backache pelvic girdle pain sometimes your ribs and your upper back can get really squashed because of the growing baby um, or when you're breastfeeding, a lot of shoulder t- uh, tension in your shoulder muscles and your shoulders, um, neck, shoulder and neck. Yeah. So there's lots of lots of reasons. Yeah. Lots of top physio. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good question because I do think people mostly know about the sports physio that treat the footy players and the sporting injuries. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just recently, I've had a few clients. Uh, that definitely need support from a physio, one that's pregnant and experiencing that pelvic girdle pain, and then one that is working with a physio because she has uh, experienced prolapse and one other one. Oh, another one recently um, with, uh, I believe she has uh, endometriosis and mm. the um, that large vein that's going through, I'm not particularly familiar with it, but basically something's causing pressure on that vein and making her need to go to the toilet all the time during the night. Um, And, yeah, apparently that's something that a physio could help with, which I wasn't aware of until I started looking into it. So there's lots of things that, um, yeah, we can always cross-refer out to you guys for things like that, which is great to work together. Yeah, and you'd see a lot of probably, you'd see a lot of women with constipation um, yes. and chronic straining on the toilet. And I would be very interested to know, have they got issues with pelvic mm. floor overactivity? And, and if they have got that chronic pain, like irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, some of those chronic pain syndromes um, that you talked about, endometriosis, or they can also sometimes be correlated with pelvic floor tightness yeah. or overactivity. So, yeah. And with that... Did you, you think about... If, sorry, if you think about if you ha- had issues with um, aches and pains around your head and neck, often you get tight in those yes. muscles around your shoulders and neck. So it's the same sort of thing. If you've got aches and pains in your belly or pelvic region, those muscles around there can be tight. So mm, Yeah, and you mentioned you don't necessarily need to have had kids to experience that. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So all, yeah. Yeah, and and can you walk us through, I guess this is probably a large topic, but the key changes that are happening in a female body throughout, I guess, also the later stages of pregnancy and labour that are potentially uh, 
causing some of those challenges and things that you might be working with a, a woman with after birth? Yeah. So you're right, huge topic. <laughs> so many changes that do happen to the um, female body during mm-hmm. pregnancy. I guess we've got all the hormonal changes, which I, I guess let's acknowledging the fact that so many of these changes, or probably all of them, they're all really important changes mm-hmm. that need to happen for, um, you know, the process of giving birth. So, for example, hormonal changes. Um, can help to ripen the pelvis for childbirth and make it easier for the baby to pass through the pelvis. But unfortunately, these hormones can act upon all the different joints of the body. It's not mm. just the pelvis. So that's why sometimes women might be more um, susceptible to injuries um, and back pain just because just for one reason alone the hormones can like a whole cocktail of hormones can have a impact but then on top of that you've got mechanical changes so your abdominal muscles are becoming stretched you might have something called abdominal muscle separation which you know all women tend to have by the end of their pregnancy um you've got the weight of your baby sitting on top of your pelvic floor muscles so Mm. those muscles and structures are becoming stretched so if you think about your core being a cylinder where your abdominal muscles are the front of that cylinder your pelvic floor is the base of the cylinder like you think of a can of coke Mm -hmm. um your back with all the ligaments that are you know gently being loosened with all the hormonal changes that's at the back of the core and then at the top of the core, we've got our diaphragm. And during pregnancy, you've got your baby that's pushing up on the diaphragm and it's it's not in its usual place. So all four elements of the core are slightly compromised. And I think that's really important to remember during pregnancy. Like it's important and they're all natural changes. But that's why I do really believe that pregnancy is a time when we need to look after ourselves mm. and we need to look after our bodies because um, it's, you know, an amazing thing's happening, you're growing a baby, and I feel that this is when we need to be aware. Like if we are getting aches and pains, how do we nip them in the bud? How do we work with them rather than pushing into them? Those sorts of things. So um yes lots of changes but they're all amazing changes but sometimes they can wreak havoc on the body (laughs) yeah yeah of course and in I guess the pregnancy period can you walk us through what are some things that uh I guess help to support the body and reduce risk of um you know experiencing pain or, or having some of those more negative um I guess changes occurring painful changes yeah, look, good question. Um, always a little bit hesitant to answer okay. this question because <laughs> sometimes because women might develop pelvic girdle pain and often it's not as a result of anything she's done wrong. Mm. And I sometimes feel that like it, pelvic girdle pain can be debilitating and it can affect every facet of your life. Like when I had a toddler, I 
couldn't care for my toddler. I couldn't walk 10 metres. Like I, there were a couple of weeks where I was in a lot of strife and you feel terrible. And I think to think that you've done something wrong or, you know, you weren't doing the right thing, I don't think that's helpful. And sometimes you can't pinpoint it on anything. It's just a combination of your lifestyle. It's a combination of, you know, having to lift toddlers or your hormones or the way your body is anatomically put but if we were to say a few things <laughs> but I just so I just wanted to say that first because if you are listening and you you've got aches and pains like don't think you've done anything wrong yeah um yeah so these I guess are a few tips and the other thing is to remember this is all just general information but, of course, yeah. and to go and get that personalized assessment and treatment as well. So, I guess some things you can be aware of to potentially help reduce pelvic girdle <laughs> pain. I don't think there's any great evidence um, for this. So, this is clinically like what I've found helps with my mums, but I do think it's a good time to adapt our exercise. <laughs> So sometimes for some women, for example, walking might be amazing throughout the whole of the pregnancy. And some women can keep walking throughout their pregnancy. It's, it's free, it's cheap, it's, it gets you out and about, fresh air, so many benefits of walking. But for some women, walking might stir up their pelvic girdle pain. Whereas, And I think that's a time when if you are walking and you're feeling achy, Sometimes I hear a lot of women, they keep walking because they they believe that walking is low impact. They've been told it's good for you, it's safe to do during pregnancy. But I think if you're listening today and you've got aches and pains, the first step would be to think, okay, what am I doing day to day that might be irritating it? And then trial. So don't cut it out for the rest of your pregnancy. But with walking, for example, I often say to my mum's in fitness mama, I'm like, let's just back off for a couple of days and mm-hmm. substitute it with something else yeah. to see if that can help to reduce your pain because it's amazing I think walking it, it yeah I, I do feel walking it's a great exercise and most women can do it but if you've got bad pelvic girdle pain it might be worth considering um, either not walking quite as regularly and so instead of walking six days a week for example you might just want to walk three or four days a week and complement it with some low impact workouts that are more pelvic floor and core so that would be the first thing is just to be aware of what exercises you're doing yeah secondly let's all become acquainted with our pelvic floor hopefully every woman this is something I wish they would teach in high school I wish yes we would learn about our pelvic floor like even for I've had a, I had a woman recently come and see me and she had issues with pelvic overactivity and painful sex and she talked about a traumatic episode when she first tried to put in a tampon because she didn't know, you know, what was down there and the pelvic floor and all the holes and all that sort of thing. So I, I think if we could educate ourselves or yeah. in high school, when we get our periods, just basic, you know, 101 anatomy and and then moving forwards if you're getting pregnant, you know, find out am I contracting my muscles properly? Am I relaxing them properly? I think that can work wonders in helping confidence, feeling empowered, 
knowing where to from here. So that would be my other tip is um, if you can get yourself a public for assessment or if you can't, you know, this is something I teach in my online membership Mm -hmm. as well. I know, unfortunately, not every woman can access a pelvic floor physio. Maybe you live rurally or regionally or finances or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that would be what have I said. I've talked about exercise. The question was about preparing looking after our body during pregnancy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going off on a tangent. No, 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 not at all. It was around, you know, what women can be doing uh, to support their body basically going into pregnancy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. Uh, modifying whatever exercises or workouts you're doing or just considering what am I doing? Am I best helping support my body? Getting onto your pelvic floor and core or pelvic floor. And then the third one would be twink food some sort of core workout Mm -hmm. so when I say core I don't mean doing 100 sit-ups every day I mean let's include some beautiful workouts that work your abdominals and pelvic floor in a really lovely way that can work on your posture um, include some nice stretches to complement like let's say for example you are walking and that's your main form of exercise let's do something to complement that because I do think Pelvic floor and core, I know the word core is thrown around a lot, mm. but they are the two main things that are compromised during pregnancy and childbirth and that afterbirth recovery. And I do think it's good to work on that weakest link, so to mm. speak. And often that means, you know, if you want to get back into running after you've had a baby, let's just first of all build up your pelvic floor, let's build up your abdominal strength, let's build it up slowly from there. Yeah. So that would be my main tips. I love that. And um, I'm sure you do, but see a positive correlation between women starting early on these sorts of things and looking into it and their postpartum outcomes. I mean, maybe not, maybe it's not linear. Of course it can't be linear like that completely, but um, yeah. I, what do you see in that sort of area? The thing about exercise and physical activity is that it's not, like I like to think of that is it's not let's start again. <laughs> Physical <laughs> mental health is so so well correlated. Mm. So I think the first thing about finding a workout that suits you or an exercise that suits you is it's not so that you're strong. I think the number one thing is women want to feel good and have energy and be able to enjoy their pregnancy and afterbirth experience rather than feeling tired all the time or achy all the time. Um, so that would be the number one thing I find is women that join Fitness Summer, they're like, oh, my gosh, I just did a 10-minute workout. That's all I have time for and I feel amazing. Yeah. You know, versus um, women I see come into the clinic and they're like, oh, I went, you know, for an hour-long hour walk and I've got aches and pains today. Like that's you know grossly generalizing but I think being able to find something that works for you and your lifestyle and helps you to feel good I think the number one thing is exercise works on that works on your inside out so yeah yeah, it will help you to look and feel good but more importantly it will help you feel amazing feel more confident feel more energetic so that's the biggest thing I find with women that get into a bit of a rhythm with you know helping their bodies prepare for childbirth or pregnancy or helping their bodies recover from afterbirth it's just it's like almost 
self-care my time with my yeah and yeah. it affects their persona mm. and yeah it's really interesting yeah no I I can definitely agree with that I think also as well when you're taking care of one aspect of your health it tends to have sort of a trickle on effect into other things as well it's kind of like something might be the gateway activity or the gateway behavior and then it sort of goes out flows out onto other things which is great oh it's so funny you say that a, a member just wrote in the facebook group just yesterday she said exactly the same thing. Oh, really? <laughs> so if i start once i start to look after my body then i suddenly yeah. become a nicer mum. and yeah. <laughs> she started saying all the different ways that affected her yeah that's so it's so it's it's really special of course when you get feedback like that it's so nice um and how about some and I know this will probably be different for everyone but uh tips for that afterbirth recovery yeah look I love this because I do feel pregnant women and I was the same too you know when you're pregnant you're you're not really focused on once you have the baby you're Mm. focused on your pregnancy and getting the right pram and, you know, making sure your nursery is all set up and that sort of thing. Whereas I do feel that afterbirth recovery is sadly overlooked mm. often and a bit of an afterthought. Um, I've got a podcast episode talking about those first six weeks. So um, check out the Fitness Mama podcast if you want to hear in a lot more detail, but those first six weeks are really about rest and recovery mm-hmm. from a physical perspective. I think if um, whether or not you have a vaginal or a cesarean birth, your body has been through so much. Mm. Like a vaginal birth, your pelvic floor has stretched up to 300%. Like that's three times its length. I think a hamstring has a strain, like on the footy field, a hamstring will um, get strained at 80 percent mm-hmm. I believe don't quote me on that but then pelvic floor is 300 percent so it's a huge amount of stretch and if we think of the pelvic floor like an elastic band and if you heard me talk about talk before you probably heard me say this but we want that natural recoil of that elastic band to occur as much as possible in those first six weeks because it's not just our muscles that get stretched it's and this is dependent, you know, whether or not you've had a vaginal or a stone birth, you've got structures like your fascia and connective tissue, which sit at, at the base of your pelvis. So for those listening, if you eat a piece of steak, you're not just eating meat, are you? There's mm-hmm. the white sinewy, the fascia, the connective tissue. So they're all important structures and they can all become stretched. So you can be the strongest woman in the world, but if you just had a baby, everything's stretched and I really do think those first six weeks help with that natural recoil and recovery so if you can have bursts of horizontal rest throughout the day amazing it doesn't have it doesn't mean lying down all day but even five minutes ten minutes put your feet up in the afternoon it can work wonders to help take those gravitational forces off the pelvic floor and tummy muscles um lots of icing in those first few days after childbirth this is where our prevention of constipation is super important that's where you come in yeah um uh support wear and garments can be really helpful in those first six weeks to just help you feel more snug and supported but i do think a big one is not overdoing the walking and build that up really slowly and i tend to recommend every five 
five minutes extra every week. So mm. five minutes for the first week. Again, this is very generalised advice. Of so course, I know there's some yeah. of them that, um, you know, will be able to do more. But the number of times I see women who had three weeks postpartum, they might have had a good night's sleep, they feel great in their body, they feel they're recovering, and off they go for a walk because they're feeling amazing. But they might get out for an hour and then they come home and they've got pelvic heaviness, you know, mm. symptoms of prolapse or they're exhausted and then they think, oh, my gosh, I just overdid it. So I'm a big fan of building up slowly for mm. five minutes and then 10 minutes and 15 minutes for week three. And, it, yeah, that means by the time you get to week six, about 30 minutes walking, yeah. I think that's decent. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure for some people it's quite challenging to stick to that at times. I yeah. do think for sure the emphasis needs to be on just recovering and what I see a lot of is, you know, we focus so much on the preconception and the pregnancy nutrition, and then it kind of whatever happens postpartum. And a lot of the recovery um, is happening in that first six weeks. And from a nutritionist point of view, you know, the nutrients that women need in that first six weeks is actually higher than uh, even in trimester three of pregnancy. And and certainly if um, breastfeeding uh, is happening as well, it's, you know, um, even more uh, reason for extra recovery. I learned this the hard way because I was that person at three weeks <laughs> postpartum and I felt good. I, you know, I prided myself on staying fit and active throughout my whole pregnancy. I'd been doing my pelvic floor exercises during pregnancy and then at three weeks I decided to go and meet a friend at a cafe. So off I trotted, which was only a 20-minute walk away, so I thought, that's easy. So I walked 20 minutes, I sat down in the cafe and even sitting has the gravitational forces Mm. on your pelvic floor. Then I walked home. I think I went via an IGA and picked up some milk and bread and (laughs) whatever. And by the time I got home, it was two or three hours later and I felt like I had a ton of bricks sitting on top of my pelvic floor like I just Mm. oh it was like a symptom of prolapse and I thought oh my gosh I even though I felt good I've just totally overdone it so that was a big bit of a wake-up call for myself personally and after that I was able to back off and luckily the symptoms did disappear yeah um yeah, but again, that's about identifying your symptoms early yes. and knowing what. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Well, I'm, you know, you've got such a great online resource with the Fitness Mama. And I think, you know, women all over Australia are very lucky that they're able to access that um, really easy as well. I think you've made it so accessible for people to get that support um, with you, which is amazing. Um, and what about returning to exercise? So, Again, I'm sure this is super individual, um, but what does that look like? And I'm guessing is it not uh, until after, of course, that six weeks and sort of how do you recommend approaching that? Okay. So what I recommend to my mums is first six weeks, it is about rest and recovery, slowly building up the walking. Some mums are super eager, so I'm like, I've got a cut like two, I don't even call them workouts. They're just really gentle, some gentle movements to do to wake up the core. Mm-hmm. And then once you've had the doctor's clearance and the medical tick of approval at six weeks onwards, 
that's when I say let's gradually get into some pelvic floor and core whilst you're still building up your walking endurance really slowly. Mm-hmm. And this will be different for every woman. So at, for some women at 12 weeks postpartum, they might, like if you, if they, for example, been exercising quite consistently and walking and, you know, paying attention to the pelvic floor and core, at 12 weeks postpartum, they might be ready to start a gradual return to running program. Mm-hmm. Whereas for other women at 12 weeks after birth, you might still be feeling really sleep deprived. Your baby might have been really unsettled. Um, you might have been unable to leave the house much. So I think I, I don't love to put a time stamp on it. Of course, yeah. Because every woman is totally different and that's just normal. And and I think by saying, you're, you know, everyone at 12 weeks can start running, well, I just think that's, mm. you know, a recipe for disaster. So I've got a 12-week return to running program and I talk like week, I, I recommend you don't start it until you've been consistently walking for a good four to six weeks mm-hmm. and you've been attending my workouts, my gentle workouts for four to six weeks. And then the 12-week return to running program, just consistently or whatever, it doesn't have to be, you know, you find what suits you. But let's say you want to get back into high-impact exercise, try to break it down. Like try to think of the steps mm-hmm. that you need to take before you get back into running. So rather than starting a five-kilometre run straight off the bat without any prior rehab, I'm, I'm a huge fan of postnatal rehab. So let's work on the pelvic floor and core first and whilst you're starting a really gradual return to running program so it might mean that you're running 30 seconds and then walking two minutes running 30 seconds and walking two minutes and then the next week you know you might build it up slowly but if you do want to get back into high impact exercise or even if you don't my my tips would be get a pelvic floor assessment if you can Mm -hmm. Check out your pelvic floor, whether or not you've had a vaginal or a cesarean birth. And then build up slowly whilst you're still working on your pelvic floor and core. So get yourself, you know, whether or not it's an online program that you can do when your baby sleeps or perhaps you prefer face-to-face and, um, you know, going somewhere that you feel confident. Whatever works for you, finding somewhere that you, you can... Get do the support. work that you need yeah. to yeah and I think that that's where we get the success like this rehab process can take nine to 12 months 18 months like there's no rush mm. the slower more gradual and clever we are about it I think is the best form for success yeah definitely and everyone is going to have their own timeline with everything um but particularly things health related and of course everyone's body is going to go through completely different changes throughout pregnancy and might have you know different or no setbacks at all and and that's going to completely change things so I do think that's important and at the moment this is more so out of my curiosity but do we in sort of our um standard of care across Australia have any inclusion of um no, you're shaking your head. No, no women's physio so postnatal. Yeah, that's no. Look, uh, yeah, look. In France, they do it so well. Mm. I think everyone gets access to quite a few sessions, and I think that's the same in the UK. 
in Australia, no. Look, if you do have, if you've had a bad perineal tear or if you do have issues with incontinence or prolapse, you can go through the public health system, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's an eight to 12-month wait. <gasps> Um, and that's generally if you've got issues. So there's yeah. none of that sort of preventative care that I am all for. Um, and that's why, yeah, it would be amazing if there was. So yeah. anyone listening out there that knows the powers to be, yes, <laughs> yes. Something about this. Yeah, I think, well, overall our entire um, preconception but also postpartum care could definitely be improved but it seems like it's just such an imperative part of recovery for women getting back to their normal you know and and maybe it never goes back to of course how it was pre-baby but just getting back to getting back into the things that they like to do it seems like it's just a complete no-brainer to include some physio support in that but we're not just talking about the next 12 months either we're talking about um helping to build up our strength before we hit menopause yeah. because that's when the next bout of pelvic floor issues happen and that's when I next see a lot of women with prolapse issues or incontinence. You know, we're talking about setting ourselves up for success when we're 70 mm. um, because incontinence costs the government billions of dollars. So if we could get onto it sooner and help women who've had a baby get access to support and information, um, it would cost the government, it would save the government. Here, I'm just pulling this out of the air, but it would save the government so much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're completely right. I think that's like that with most um, preventative health options, that if we weren't getting to that undesirable outcome health-wise that we would, um, yeah, see a lot more improvements. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Kath. I've really enjoyed this conversation and you're the first physio on the show. So it's nice to have your perspective and and definitely hear how you can help women. I'm sure there's going to be so many listeners out there that will want to get in touch with you online. So could you direct them to where they can find out more about you and about Fitness Mama? Oh, thanks, Colin. So um, yes, I'm on Instagram at Fitness Mama. So it's spelled a bit funny. It's F-I-T-N-E-S-T-M-A-M-A. And I've got a Fitness Mama podcast where um, we chat all things pregnancy, childbirth and afterbirth recovery. And where else can you find me? My website, fitnessmama.com. I think that's everything. I've got a Facebook, free Facebook group if you want to come and join it. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. No worries. Lovely to chat. Thank you for having me.